future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360karma.com. I have two groundbreaking women on today. First up, we're going to have a transgender stand-up comic, Robin Tran. And then later in the show, we're going to have author, uh, Deborah Chance. She's the author of uh, Out Front, and she helps women to learn how to speak in public and uh, empowers them by doing so. So we'll be talking to Deborah later. Right now, please give a warm welcome to Robin Tran. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. I'm I'm the uh, transgender uh, Asian comic. I love that. (laughs) I love that. Just for anyone who was confused by that. Yeah, and you have such a fascinating story, and uh, I want to visit, you know, your your journey to where you are today. But I know comedy's been a source of um, bringing you a lot of happiness, and we've we've talked about how when you make people laugh, that's what makes you feel a lot of joy. Oh, I feel, yeah. I, I think yeah. The, the energy of like a live show is, is, is so great that I can I can do that for people. Like, yeah. Because when I was depressed, comedy saved my life. Yeah. So like, that's kind of why I started. So like, if I can, if I can do that for other people, it, it's the greatest feeling in the world. It is, it is a great feeling to make people laugh, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I think just on a regular basis, like on a day-to-day basis, I enjoy if I make somebody laugh and, yeah. you know, have a good laugh myself. I think it actually it lifts your endorphins and makes yeah. you feel a little high. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 I yeah. also like doing that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, natural high or whatever. Yeah, yeah, or whatever, whatever you want to do. Sure, yeah. yeah. So, um, so tell me. Uh, I know it's been uh, a journey to where you're at. You just turned thirty. Yes. Yes, I just turned thirty. Yeah. And and you just started doing the transgender stand up comedy a, a couple years ago, right? Yeah, I started um, stand up comedy in uh, 2012. Um, and, and then in 2015, I came out as transgender. Oh, so, wow. So like, oh, so you kind of made the transition on I, stage, I, huh? I actually did. I, I was on stage, and I was still in full, like, boy outfit, short hair. And I went, and I said, hey, you know, I, this is not a joke. I, I, I'm, a, I, I'm a woman, and I'm coming out. And then I just kind of went, oh, I'll figure out some jokes later. But anyway, and then I just went to my material, and everyone was like, what? What just happened? Because uh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how else to live my life but to like uh just share it on stage or share yeah. it in my writings you know just keep people updated uh my show and everything i talk about and everything i believe in every fiber of my soul is that people should be authentic absolutely yes and i think that that is where true happiness lies yes uh if we can't be ourselves and we're putting on a front to anybody there is no way that we could be happy yeah and you know yeah. so when i when i came out like the the day i realized that it was February third, twenty fifteen. Like I remember the date. I remember the feeling of like this, almost like this religious experience. I'm not yeah. religious, but yeah. like just like the goosebumps and yeah. crying. And and I remember in that moment, it was like pure unadulterated truth. And I know that yeah. sounds weird. And it's I've only felt it that one time in my life. And I thought, what if my parents don't talk to me anymore? What if my girlfriend leaves me? What if my friends disown me? But it was weird. Like in that moment, I didn't care. Like I right. cared, but I was like. 
um, you know, if I die tomorrow, yeah. just like, oh my God, how great was it that I yeah. figured out who I am right before it's I so died? It's so awesome. You know, that I have a similar story in that uh, being gay, I actually didn't come out to my parents till I was 40. Oh, wow. And so even though I was kind of living my life, you know, eventually uh, at work and with friends and stuff, that was kind of the last thing. Yeah. And I remember feeling that exact same thing you're talking about where I finally got to the point that I thought, wow, could lose everything, yeah. everyone, but... It, it just wouldn't be worth not being myself anymore. Yeah. And I was willing to do that. And people don't realize, you know, when people grow up in the comfortable uh, situation of just being in a straight world, um, they don't understand uh, what people go through to be their authentic self, yes. whether you're gay or transgender or whatever yeah. it is that doesn't show on the outside. I, I like, think you're right, yeah. You know, maybe we can't hide our ethnicity or yeah. I guess we could hide our religion, but we, we can't we can't you know but this is something that we actually have to tell people yeah you have to come out yeah to, oh god coming out was such a weird process you know like well i i came out on, on facebook actually i just wrote a facebook status wow. i'm like oh i'm just gonna shut off my computer for a few hours yeah. and, just, and I, I got a lot of support but then there were people who like oh well they don't follow me on facebook because i'm very annoying on facebook you know i post like a thousand posts political posts a day so yeah. i'm like now i have to facebook message those people and go hey i know you don't follow me on facebook but i'm a woman yeah. I, I didn't want you to be shocked when you saw me at an open mic wearing a dress and right. high heels or whatever. Facebook is a great platform to, to tell things yes. like that. Yeah. I think it, it's like, hey, you don't have to email each person or yeah. call each person. <laughs> it's just like, hey, world. Yeah. Yeah. I Facebook messaged my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I came out to her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm a very good Okay, partner. the girlfriend must have been shocked. Uh, she Not really? She was like, I'll say like shocked in the moment but then is she still your girlfriend yeah oh wow that's cool she also saw it coming wow she just loved you she just loved me she ah. always loved the femininity that i, I, love that. I had. you told me she almost has my same name that you get Ka us mixed up in <laughs> Catherine emails Catherine gary yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've actually Even... had people call my name you know transform the letters and call yeah. me gary instead of gray yeah yeah so every time i'm emailing you you're like what? what and then is, you're like, oh, it's not my girlfriend. <laughs> why is my girlfriend <laughs> asking me to do this radio show? With her? It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I I, I Facebook messaged her. <laughs> That's how we communicate usually is through Facebook message before she comes home. Yeah. I, I'll say like, yeah, of course it's surprising, you know. Like yeah. she talks about it on stage too. She's also a comic. Oh, perfect. And uh, yeah, she's talked about like, yeah, of course you don't see, oh, your boyfriend comes out as a woman. Right. But like we've we had talked about it like. We we had had fights about transgender right. issues before I came out. Right, like she tried to get me to watch like Transparent, you know, and I was yeah. like, "Why are they shoving this down my throat?" Like I was very transphobic before right. I came out, oh. and she'd be like, "Why are you being so transphobic?" You know, yeah. and and I'm like, "How dare you call me transphobic?" In some other lifetime, I probably could have been a woman. Yeah. I'd love to wear dresses and be called she. She's like, "Well, then why don't you?" And I'm like, "No, of course not." And then I forgot we had this fight. Right. So when I came out, she remembered it. And she was like, do you remember we had this fight like two weeks ago? And I'm like, yeah. no, I have no recollection. Right. And this so repressed, she kinda, like this repressed femininity that I had. She probably got the planted seed then. She was aware of it. She, well, she, yeah, she always liked, like, um, I, I'm a very soft person. Like, mm -hmm. um, when we're, when we're like alone together, I, I like to be like held and stuff, you know? Yeah. And, but like in public, you know, you can't be, you know, you got to be like the man or whatever. Yeah. 
and that that caused a lot of like dissension in our relationship but we didn't really know why was it just unspoken weirdness like how we interacted privately versus publicly right and i think that was like destroying our relationship so me coming out actually like saved our relationship in a way right like we we love you're being authentic yeah we're we're being authentic yeah so i love the story that you told me i'd love to share it with the audience um when you were in high school uh, this is about being uh, a comic, not about yeah. being transgender. Yeah. But uh, being a comic, uh, so in high school they had a talent show. Yes. Yeah. And and they told you there there was no room for you in the talent show. But then yeah. tell the story. Okay. Well, I, so what happened was like I I saw when I was in eleventh grade, uh, I I saw the talent show um, of this twelfth grader who was an Asian comic. And I was like, oh, I guess I can do that next year. Right. So that's what made me audition for it. Yeah. And so my audition was like, it was um, for like five or six ASB students that I knew all the, I knew all these students. Yeah. And uh, I bombed so horribly. Like my audition went so bad that after every joke, I would say, I'm, I'm so sorry. And oh, I would start no. crying. You know, oh, no. every joke would just, I was like, oh no. And then, so there was a band practicing uh, behind us, you know, cause they were going to audition next. And it was my friend Mark. And every, after every joke, he would do a, uh, just like to yeah. really like drive yeah. home how unfunny I was. Yeah. And then so after the audition, I said, I'm so sorry. And I stormed out of there. I'm just crying. So anyway, the next week, I'm like, well, there's no way I I passed this audition. And then my friend Angela, who's like running, it goes, she goes, Robert. I was still Robert. And she goes, Robert, we we need more acts. Mm -hmm. So, um. We, we're just going to put you in the talent show. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? Did you see yeah. how horribly I did? Right. So I'm like, well, I have like three days to prepare for this like 15 right. minute set. Yeah. So I just went around campus and I just found groups of people and I would just talk until I said something funny and then I would write it down. Oh my God. And then the talent show came, which was like my second set ever. And I got a standing ovation. Oh my God. Like, like it was like 300 of like my classmates. Yeah. And then this I always gives me goosebumps. I went backstage and they're chanting my name after like every act. Oh my god! Which it sounds like I'm bragging, which I am. You know, but 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 <laughs> no, but, it's but, a great story. But it was this moment of I'm backstage, and the vice principal is saying, "Hey, they're calling for you to come back out there and do this encore." And I'm in the fetal position, and I'm oh and god. I'm crying, and I'm like, I don't have any more jokes for them. I don't know what to do. They dragged me back out at the end of the show, and I did like a couple more minutes, and I got really emotional. And then I won the talent show. That was like my oh second set. Oh my god! I was eighteen years old. I love that story. Two thousand four. Yep. So you bombed. They told you you couldn't be in it. Then they told you there was a place for you. There was a it. place for you. You end up getting a standing ovation. Yeah. They're chanting your name throughout the whole show. <laughs> yeah. And you win. Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> and is. that's when you knew that uh, stand-up comedy was your call. I'm like, I might be good at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe this is something I should do. I and love then, that. And then I, I, you know, but for people listening that maybe they want to be a uh, a comic. Yeah. I, I think it's a wonderful story that. Uh, it may not always come easy the first time. You yeah. do have to work at it. Yeah. Uh, it is a gift. Yeah. It is a gift. And to keep pursuing it, uh, don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, after I did that, I, I, I thought like, well, I need to find like, how do I get on a comedy show? No one tells you. This is like the right. internet. The internet yeah. is like people make fun of the internet, but I think it's great because without the internet, I would have never found like in 2012, I would have never right. found shows to perform at. Right. Open mics all over. Yeah. Like, it's, it's weird because like every city, there's open mics everywhere. Like yeah. in, in like uh, Chinese restaurants right. or like just bars like in the basement yeah. of like, you know, like you find places. You can places, find it. You can find it. Right. And so, so if somebody's wanting to do that, they could search the internet for open mics and get yeah. started and use, you know, 
try out their material. And if it doesn't work out, keep going. Keep going, yeah. yeah. So I didn't do another open mic. I mean, I didn't do my first open mic till 2012. So that was an eight-year gap wow. between my talent show. Because I, I just got scared right. to go back up there. I didn't and and I'm glad you said scared because it is fear that stands in the way of so many people doing what their dream is. Yeah. Uh, and that's a that's a that's a difficult thing. It's like fear is so powerful. It's it really keeps powerful people from doing what they love, what makes their heart sing. Yeah. And you know, it, it's such a, a good lesson for people to listen to your story and say, you know, don't don't let days turn into years of doing something that you want to be doing and love. But so glad that you're doing it now. Oh, thank you. And I know you're performing this weekend. Yes, this weekend, the twenty fifth on the twenty fifth at the uh, Japanese American National Museum. It's for a series called a uh, Comedy Invasion. Invasion right. spelled I N V A S I A N. I just I like love- to. Yeah, I love invasion. The play on words. The play on words. Yeah. Yeah. I just keep spelling it for people so they remember. Because like in text, it's great to see, but I have to. S- and in it's- fact, for our viewers, uh, they can get tickets there for free for watching today. Oh, awesome! Um, at Comedy Invasion, spelled with a- Asian. Yeah. Uh, it's on the screen and uh, putting in the uh, password or discount code called Three Sixty Karma. Of course, what else? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if they put in Three Sixty Karma, they can come see you live and in person. Yeah. For free this yeah. weekend, the twenty fifth. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 really exciting. It's like this whole series. It's not just my hour. It's like six different um, Asian American comics, and it's like this really diverse group. You yeah. know, there's um, you know Chinese American and Japanese American, and there's even this transgender comic. Oh, if you can believe. No. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she's gonna say on Saturday. You know, no. So yeah, it's who just, knows? This it's the biggest show of my life. Speaking uh, of. We don't know what she. We never know what she's <laughs> going to say. Uh, I actually have a clip of you. Oh, and we're going to run it. Okay. Uh, can you roll that clip? I'm afraid I'm going to be the first transgender woman in history to like progress the trans movement forward while setting the women's movement back 50 years at the same time. You know, but like transitioning into like a horrible stereotype of a woman. Just oh my god can someone open this bottle for me it's so hard to open oh my god guys someone open that door for me right now you can call me the c-word i'm one of the good ones god i'm so i'm so funny that's it's funny. amazing that's god. funny uh I, and so the the gist of that was of course that you'll you'll be progressing uh transgenders <laughs> but you'll be putting women back 50 yeah. years because you like to have your door held and whatnot yeah. that's funny yeah i like okay. i like to um you like to be treated like a woman yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like to bring forth those issues but i also like to um to play around with the gender uh itself yeah i know maybe that's not appropriate but i it's i don't know i i I, I, I want to take the self-righteousness out a little bit, you yeah. know, because I, I don't want to be like, uh, I don't want him to be pigeonholed as some kind of hero. Like, I'm like, you know, I'm a human being, which means I'm going to have some problematic thoughts. Right. You know what I mean? As and it's like, being. as a human being. So, yeah. like, I feel like sometimes um, I think trans representation is great. You know, yeah. we need more of it. But, so, you know, show that I can be a good or a bad person, you know, because yeah. right. like, you're a person. To always Nobody's be like, perfect. oh, my God, what kind of heroic whatever is like, oh, that's yeah. a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah, you can't live especially up to that. None a, of us can. Especially as a comic where yeah. my job is to, like, say some yeah. some things that make you go, oh, my gosh, I right. can't believe you said that. Uh, besides it being a gift, what do you think brought you to comedy? Because I know you told me that, uh, you know, you had a, a challenging background uh, with your parents, uh, your, your mom and father. Fu- 
fought depression, your dad yeah. drinking, and yeah. you know that it was challenging. It was super challenging. Yeah. Like it was basically, you know, when you're a kid, you don't know what normal is, right? So, mm-hmm. and and is there normal? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't, but you don't know what like uh, a healthy. Yeah, yeah. That's a better. That's yeah. a better way of putting it. So, yeah. uh, the specific memory is like, oh, five thirty is on you know i gotta watch married with children like it's the only half hour of the day where i feel like oh i can laugh instead of feeling so crushingly depressed right and then when i and saw do you think you also felt depressed not only just being around that but also just maybe not knowing who you were and not you know that that's so interesting like there's so much there's so much to unpack yeah like through uh therapy and everything that i i never even thought about that and i think that you're right because i what when i was a kid i was very feminine for the first few years and then i suppressed it right so i'm like sure you, said you liked uh pink and you liked i loved just dresses I, there and, yeah. was this pink carousel set at my car at my cousin's house yeah and it was on top of the refrigerator and i was like this kid and i just wanted to and i kept reaching for it and yeah. i was crying because no one let me play with it right it was like this really traumatic experience because yeah. they just kept saying you're a boy and boys are not allowed to do this thing and right. it's like why would you keep me as a four-year-old from doing what makes me happy and right. i just didn't i didn't understand it and i but i think also in addition to that it, it's also just genetic like I, I have this genetic predisposition of like having a bipolar disorder you know yeah. so today it's you, yeah you got kind of like the <laughs> manic phase a little bit so yeah. this is good you didn't get the what's life even mean man like if yeah. you had to see me last week yeah i'd be a lot more depressed you know it just yeah. goes back and forth well that's a hard thing for anybody yeah yeah and comedy saved my life basically yeah. when i they saw say a lot of comedians really do have that side of them that yeah. is you know a little depressed or dark or sad or whatever um and that it that's why they're drawn to comedy yeah you know, they find the humor and things to cheer themselves and other people up yeah would you say that's right i think that's true uh, i think that um did you like making your parents laugh and stuff like that yeah to bring yeah some joy into the house I, you know i i i had to like learn how to be funny like um off stage you know yeah like like i had to like um, yeah it made me happy to see other people laughing um sorry i lost my train of thought yeah what I about compl- your girlfriend do you make her laugh yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, we make I each other laughter, laugh all day. That's see, and I think that always makes a great relationship. Yeah, me too. Uh, to me, that's essential. You know, yeah. I know my partner and I, we laugh a lot, and it's, uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like that's really important to me. Someone uh, makes me laugh, and also uh, that I'm able to make them laugh, and yeah. I think it's an important part of a, a healthy relationship I, I to agree. have some laughter in the in the course of every day yeah i i I was gonna i just remembered what i was gonna say was like um i i think though that um there's a danger when comedians talk about depression where like almost like they glorify it yeah you know and and i i've always hated that part of stand-up comedy not always i think when i first began i kind of like I, I was like in that world, like, oh my god, I'm I'm such a tortured artist, you know. Right. And it's like, well, what if I become happy? It won't be funny anymore. And it, honestly, when I got help, and I and I like saw a therapist and everything, yeah. and I'm like taking care of myself, yeah. I became a better comic. Right. Like the longevity and everything. I, I wish I didn't have depression. Like right. it's not like this. I, Jim Jeffrey said it once. It's not a badge of honor. Right. A, you know, like no, no, no. Yeah. Depression is horrible, and right. I would love not to have it. Right. Um, it is funny though the dichotomy of that is a, a 
something that is often in comedians. Yeah. Because, you know, laughter is the complete opposite, really, of depression. So it's kind of interesting that they get that juxtaposition of Yeah. Well, I think that, like, la- like laughter is like this burst of endorphins, right? But yeah. that's different than happiness. Yeah. Like, happiness is like this longer sustaining feeling that you don't need to laugh during. Right. So that that's when I, I figured out how to, like, turn it off and turn it on. Yeah. Like, I don't when I realized I don't have to be funny all the time, I actually became a better comic. Right. Because I think there was the, no pressure. There's this pressure to like yeah. always be funny all the time. Right. And first of all, you you can't. How do you talk to people when you're always on? It's very stressful, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> like if I was just cracking jokes and just yeah. looking over to you, oh my god, does she think I'm funny? Yeah. It's like it would stress you out and it right. would stress me out that you're right. not laughing, you know. Right. And it's like no, that's not a good way to be. No, you just, just be have a, to be yourself. Be a person yeah. and be confident that you know how to be funny. Right. And the uh, the lighter you are, the the easier it flows. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I'm sure I've been hilarious so far. <laughs> it's gonna be just. It's gonna be this. It's gonna be like a TED talk on Saturday. You won't. <laughs> You're going to learn so much. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, every life has uh, its ups and downs. And, yeah. You know, uh, your journey has been a tough one. So, uh, yeah. You know, but uh, tell me. So I, I I know there's a story about when you came out to your mom. Yeah. I, I saw that online. Yeah. I, I know if anybody wants to see some of your acts, it, yeah. they're hilarious. It's on uh, Robin Tran on YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah. And uh, tell me about coming out to your mom. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got to be careful not to do the whole the whole bit here, but uh, the the bit. I mean, the joke is basically that it was hard to come out to my mom emotionally, but more logistically because we don't really speak the same language. Right. Like, so it was like me just yelling, like, "Do you know, like, born boy, brain girl?" And her going, "Like, what? Like, what is this?" And so the joke kind of goes on that for a couple of minutes, yeah. and um, I'll spare you off from the bit. You can watch it on Saturday, and it's full. But, yeah. um. Eventually, she she going okay. I guess you girl because like she didn't want me to kill myself, you know. <laughs> like, oh, that's sad. Like, yeah, yeah, but but right. um, she accepted it. Yeah. She was very confused. Yeah. But she's like, I don't want my kid to commit suicide. So like, if this keeps my child from committing suicide, yes. Why not just accept it? Like you know, it's so interesting that you uh, bring this up because I just right before you came to the show today, I got a text from the HRC Human Rights Campaign, and it basically said, "Call your congressman or senator today because they're about to pass something wherein they wouldn't protect." transgender children yeah i'm not surprised and so uh people need to be aware of this that these laws are starting to enact and if they could just um i'm having you on the show to have people try to understand your story and step into your shoes and put themselves you know nobody knows how or where they're going to be born yes yeah you know some people are born in america which is like winning the lottery yeah some yep. people are born in third world countries and they're starving and they don't have water yeah uh, some people are born uh jewish or black or transgender yeah. and what people need to do is step inside other people's shoes yeah as human beings as part of humanity, we need to uh, love and appreciate each other. Yeah. And um, stop being so selfish to think that only our kind, whatever that is, yeah. whoever we are, is what's important. Yeah. That it, 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 it's so ego minded and so small minded. I agree. And people do need to get on the phones now, get on their text, and reach out to their Senate and Congress and say, it's not going to be okay to overturn these laws have been in place to um, 
protect transgender children who didn't choose to be born transgender. They just are. Yeah, that's exactly right. They just are. Yeah. You were born a girl in a, a man's body. Yeah. And so you are being true to yourself that who you are is a girl. doesn't matter what, the, you know, the outside yeah. says or what the people say. The bottom line is, in your heart and soul and mind, that's who you are yeah. and that's what makes you happy. Exactly. And you know what? Bravo for you. Thank you. Bravo for you for being authentically yourself. Thank you so much for saying it's that. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, did you want me to talk about the laws a little bit? I don't know how much time we have. Well, we are getting ready to wrap up. Oh, okay. But where would people learn about those laws? Well, I, I mean, just I, I just on Facebook. I mean, I guess I'm on Facebook, and it, yeah. there's like a co- you know, share this or you know, copy right. and paste, don't share. Or and whatever. they can find yeah. you on tr- on Facebook at Robin yeah. Tran. Robin Tran, yeah. Right. I'm very annoying on Facebook, <laughs> so I'm sure half of you will unfollow <laughs> Heads me. Up. Yeah, will unfollow me immediately. <laughs> well, I am going to continue to look at your. Uh, your stuff on YouTube, I think it's hilarious. Thank and you. Uh, I want everybody to come down and see you live and in person yes. at the uh, Comedy Invasion. This is the biggest show of my life. Oh. I've worked so hard on it. I'm so nervous about it, which is means it's going to be it's good. It's a good thing. But I'm terrified before, which right. is a good sign. So, it is. Yeah. It is. And, you know, I know you told me you have fear before and after the show, but not during. during not it, during. You have the joy of it. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, I hope you get past that. Uh, I'd love to see you not have that fear before and after because I think that um, I, I think you should be able to enjoy the whole experience. The whole experience. Yeah, I agree with you. And I have to... the audience get to meet you after. And I know you get that anxiety, yeah. but it's you, something to. You saying that you right now what? is horrifying. You know like, what? <laughs> but you know what? Look what you've overcome already. That's true. I mean, you know, sometimes I think of that with losses I've had in my life. I'm thinking, oh, if I can do this, I can do anything. Yeah. And I think that's the way you should feel. Yeah. If I yeah. can tell my mom that I'm a girl, then <laughs> like what is saying hi to someone after a show, right? There you go. Yeah. I love that. Thank I you love so much. That. Looking forward to your shows. And thank you so much for being on. And thank you for being your authentic self. It's and thank, refreshing. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. All right. We will be right back with Deborah Thams. The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360 Karma Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. And we are back with Deborah Shames. Hi, Deborah. How are you? Good, thanks. Good, good. Uh, Your book, uh, which is called Out Out Front, Out Front. Which I I find I realized in my introduction I was introduction introducing my uh, transgender stand up comic and then saying you wrote out front and they're probably thinking there's some correlation there and there's none <laughs> so out front is about actually getting women out front yes which is a very important topic right now you help women to learn how to speak publicly yes uh, without fear. Well, and that's yeah. the big issue. Yeah. We were you were talking about Robin, and authenticity and fear are two motivating factors. Right. And women to speak out. Women are so 
strong at saying, no, 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 I'm better behind the scenes. Let yes. somebody else speak out. Right. We can't risk that anymore. We right. can't blame men anymore for holding us back. Right. It's really up to us to learn the tools yeah. to speak out. Yeah. That, that excuse is gone. Gone. Right. Right. You know, it's so funny. Uh, you had shared with me that you were like a, a, a chubby little girl yes. with no social skills. Yes. And it's like, really? Really, Deborah? Are you making this up? Uh, and I don't know how you got from there to here. But you know what? It's interesting because then people watching will say, oh, I was that shy person and look at her she's teaching other women now how to speak in public which is fascinating i was a director i always worked behind the scenes yeah and until i made films and received recognition and then had to do media interviews and be out front i was terrified just yeah. like the other women yeah and when i ever agreed to speak on a topic mm -hmm. every morning i'd wake up and i'd say i can't believe i agreed to do this maybe i can get out of it Right. And all those things that I hear from women, yeah. I experience too. Right, right. It's interesting. Um, and they say that public speaking is like one of the top fears of almost every person. Yes. So if you don't have that fear, you're actually in the way minority. Yeah. It, they say it's 75%. I think for women, it's more like 90%. I think you're right. And Jerry Seinfeld has this great quote. He said, uh, people would rather be in the coffin than delivering the eulogy. <laughs> and that is exactly how fear of public speaking manifests itself. Yeah, I don't know about you. I'd definitely rather be delivering the eulogy. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. Just for the record. <laughs> well, and there are... There are tools and techniques because yeah. in my entire years of training and coaching, mm -hmm. I've never yet met someone born a great speaker. Yes. Even the best who mm -hmm. make it look seamless. Right. Know that there are tools and techniques and practice and getting it wrong and then keeping going right. to make them good at public speaking. Right. Yeah. I believe that. Um, and it's so essential right now more than ever yes. that you're doing what you're doing because we need more women, women running for public office. And if and women don't learn to speak publicly, they'll never achieve that. Mm -hmm. They won't be able to support their nonprofit. Right. They won't be able to pitch and gain new business. Right. Because when you're in front of an audience yes. and you're speaking about something you're passionate about, that's how people see you as the go-to person. Right. So you cannot really achieve all that you can achieve without public speaking. Right. It, it, it's very essential. And so here we've got 75 to 90% of women don't want to speak in public. Yes. And yet it's probably in the top two or three tools to become a successful business person or even CEO or... And or a leader. Leader. Yes. Yeah. And, and what's interesting, Catherine, is that there are tools and techniques. I put them in out front. There are practical ways that will shorten a woman's prep time in terms of delivering a presentation because it pains me when I see women who research a subject to death and then write out and read or memorize their content, believing this will make them good at what, they're, what they do. Right. And it's just the opposite. Right. And then a man will wing it and a woman will say, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, it's because an audience relates to him. Right. He's more genuine. He's more yes. authentic. Right. So what I love to do is to work, especially with young women, yes. and give them the tools so that they can engage an audience. They can work off an outline. Right. They can add themselves back in. Right. Because women were taught to take themselves out of a presentation. Right. Oh, how interesting. 
Oh, I definitely think uh, people telling their, their story is what helps make them relatable and human and feel authentic. And even yeah. if it's not their story, mm-hmm. a woman's perspective, mm. an I statement, I've experienced, I know, right. I've seen, right. that gives her more credibility. Everything is counterintuitive. Yeah. So you need those I statements. Yeah, and it's so interesting that uh, men and women think so differently. And yes. with speaking and what you're saying, it's... Um, so relevant to the conversation that we're having with 360 Karma, which is we need more women in positions of influence because we need more female perspective at the table in every industry. And the only way to achieve that um, is A, coming together and helping each other, and I think B, is that more women learn how to speak publicly. Absolutely. They need it in almost every industry. And and, and we are more than 50% of the women, uh, of the business owners of this country. So, And we're 50% going to college. But when it gets to the C-suite, it's 8%. Yeah, yeah. It's pathetic. I started a LinkedIn blog. My my website is outfront.biz. And I'm constantly communicating through social media. Mm -hmm. And women hold themselves back. They do. They and get in their own way. We get in our own way because we have these myths. Mm-hmm. One of the things I do in the in the book is bust the myths. Mm-hmm. Like we need to be perfect. Right. So or or if we're not an expert, we don't deserve to speak on a topic. Okay. I, I think it's lack of self esteem that it holds a lot of them back. What, exactly what you're saying. Because they think, who am I to speak? Yes. That's what they think. Yes. And they've had like amazing successes. And careers, exactly. Amazing careers. They have so much to offer to other people. And they don't have that self-confidence in themselves, that self-esteem to believe that they actually have something to bring to the table. But what they have to realize is they're holding back their gifts. Yes. They're holding back how they're supposed to be serving here. And this is the difference between men and women. Okay. Yeah. So the way to get over that, yeah. start in low ante environments. Mm-hmm. Learn a new skill, mm-hmm. telling a story, for example, or adding your perspective. And then give a toast at a wedding mm-hmm. or sit on a panel or moderate a panel mm-hmm. or go and give an introduction at a networking meeting. Right. Start small. Right. Because one of the things that ramps up anxiety is that women go months or years, and then they decide to speak on their topic, whether it's real estate or law or whatever, and suddenly the pressure is overwhelming. Right. Then they play it safe, and then they crash and burn and say, see, I told you I wasn't good at public speaking. Right. And by starting in low ante and having a clear intention, because intention drives everything. Absolutely. So right before you speak, don't tell yourself, oh my gosh, I need to go over all my content. What if I forget something? recipe for disaster. Instead, remind yourself of the one thing you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. Remind yourself of your intention and you're well on your way. You know, I've had two experiences with what you're saying. I was having uh, an event and somebody was getting ready to go up and they they said, oh, this is probably going to be the worst talk I've ever. And I said, why would you say Uh, that? You're brilliant. You've done this and you've done that. And you are going to go out there and do a great talk. And you know what? They changed their mindset and they went out and did a great talk. It is what you believe. And not only that, what you say. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you say, I'm going to crash and burn, you will. And there's something else that you did that was really smart. When you've had a success with speaking, even a small one, 
bask in it. Look, I'm Jewish. Yeah. And so it's the opposite. The glass is half empty, not half full. <laughs> but David, my partner, taught me that when I've had a success, I've gotten a standing ovation, or I've had people come up and say, you inspired me. I literally sat with it and basked in it. I felt like yeah. a rock star. Yeah. So that the next time I go to speak, yeah. when I ordinarily would have anxiety, I'd remember back when I had a success, yes. not when I had a failure. I love that. I love that. It's a great tip. And then I've had other women uh, at events uh, get up and uh, they'd be saying, I'm going to read from my notes. And I'm like, <gasps> oh. no, 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 you're going to kill it. It, it there's no authenticity in that people don't like you reading from their notes and uh that's something i wish they would do is put down the notes well here's it, why it, they, they it's their crutch and it's they, their crutch and and it's the same with powerpoint yeah they want to be perfect they're afraid of getting any yeah. word wrong right and if you work off an outline yeah. your attention is not on the critic in your head it's has to be out on the audience right so the best thing you can do is speak conversationally the way right. you always do right like it, have your five points yes, and make them. three points it's easy uh, to remember three, three. never okay. remember yeah oh, good, good advice never more than three okay. we think of lists nursery rhymes everything in threes and then by engaging with people in the room yeah. you can read them yes you can say eh, are they off their phones are they paying attention are they nodding and smiling are they looking bored and if they're looking bored First of all, don't take it personally. Yeah. Second, recommit. Mm -hmm. Make it more important to you and say, I'm going to turn that person around. Right. Think of speaking as a competitive sport. Right. And you'll be fine. I mean, if I were to script out everything I was going to say today, oh, my right. God, my anxiety would be through the roof. Right. Instead, it's connecting with you. Exactly. Being in the present. Being on the ice in the present. Right. Yeah. There's nothing stronger than that. And uh, I think that's what happens. People get in their head and yes. they're thinking about something before uh -huh. or something ahead and not the present moment. In fact, yeah. the only time professional newscasters will screw up is right at the end. Right. Because they've already finished in their mind right. their presentation they're going and they're the thinking about thing. yeah what yeah. the next thing is. Yeah. And that's when they trip up on their words. Yeah. And it happens to everyone. Yes. So if you do fumble, if you do trip up, yeah. poke fun at yourself. Right. Say, in English that would be, <laughs> or I'm going to have to switch to decaf, <laughs> and then the room will I'm going to remember you. these. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> so um, before you did all this, where you're yes. training women to speak, your career was as a producer yes. in filmmaking. Now, you were... Uh, creating films for public TV in Chicago, right? Good memory. Yeah. And then went on to come to L.A. And I think you've done like 60 films. Yes. And, and then you veered off into this erotica, which we'll just mention that that kind of threw your career into a tailspin because it was so controversial, right? Exactly. Right. And uh, you and I were talking just briefly about how there's such a difference between erotica and porn. Uh, you know, porn is something that I don't think any of us women advocate. It's too um, uh, impersonal. It's always, well, and it's always uh, aggressive uh, mm -hmm. badly toward mm -hmm. women. Yes. But erotica, yours was like celebrating the beauty of uh, of women, right? And and couples. Lonnie, Dr. Lonnie Barback is a longtime friend, and mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of hers. And she has a number of books on erotica. Right. And she and I were talking. And by the way, nobody would look at this conservative little lady teaching public speaking and thinking she produced erotica movies. That's why I had to bring it up. <laughs> Just Being a side unpredictable note. <laughs> is really good, whether it comes to public speaking or erotica. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but they would put me on talk shows with these porn queens oh, and then wow. say, 
you ruined my husband's life. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, this is the wrong place for me. Uh, But what we did was by uh, adapting erotic stories Mm -hmm. where there's emotion and a relationship and foreplay and fashion Mm -hmm. and and all these wonderful elements that make it erotic, not pornographic. Right. No woman throwing her head back going, ah, when you know she's faking it. And so I actually came from the Bay Area. That may be the best part of the show, folks. <laughs> I came from when the Sally Bay Area. To, yes. Moment. Ooh, that's good. I, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> I auditioned women. Yeah. As actresses. Right. And I said, do you want to break ground because mm-hmm. we're doing something very special here right right and i'm very proud of what i did but mm-hmm. you were correct it f- it ruined my career as a filmmaker because suddenly editing facilities wouldn't right. rent me their facility wow boyfriend i had broke up with me um and and well, I'm he was t- definitely not the right no, one. he wasn't the right one in <laughs> fact the man i'm married to now went to the video store and said do you have those deborah james movies and he uh, goes oh yeah she lives right up the hill oh my and gosh. he rented my movies and that's when he decided that he wanted to date me oh my gosh i love that story so the actually there's a good ending to those stories absolutely yeah well that's what i tell women yeah. we learn from our mistakes right if we can accept rejection and failure and not doing so well and keep going like like robin yeah the, the interviewee you had beforehand that's the only way to get better right that's the only way to become yourself right margaret mead said the anthropologist only when she turned 60 did she realize this is who I am. I'm comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. And that's true for me, it too. It does take a lot of people till they're older. And some people never yeah. find their authenticity. They play it safe. Yeah. And is it safe? I mean, no. it's not. They think they're playing it safe. But it's really not safe not to be yourself. Well, I gave a draft of my book out front to my mom, who's always been my greatest supporter. And she said, you added the piece about erotica. Haven't you learned? And I said, I can't ask women to take risks and stand up if I'm not willing to do it. Right. And the millennials and the younger professionals, they're like, what's the big deal? Yeah. I mean, for me. And that was how long ago? That was 90s, the mid-90s. Yeah, so that was a long time ago. People are more progressive today. I hope so. With the internet and social media and everything, I think. Well, Showtime started Red Shoe Diaries based on my erotica. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It, it is very cool. Like I say, I'm proud of it. Yeah, you should be. I, mean, I, yeah, I you were a trailblazer. Yeah. Yeah. It I mean, costs you, but you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Well, there are costs when it's worthwhile. And when you're trailblazing, there's always prices to pay. But uh, it is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next for Deborah? What, what, what do you have? Uh, I know you put on workshops. And-, and I speak. I love to do keynote speaking. I love to get professionals and, and women who have missions in life, like running yeah. for office right. or supporting their nonprofit, to learn to speak out in mm-hmm. a way that they inspire and motivate other women. Right. That's really important to me. Right. And David and I wrote a book, Own the Room, before, we wrote, before I wrote Out Front. I don't have any more books in me. Yeah. What I have, though, is I'm on a mission and I'm, I'm developing a movement so that women never hold themselves back again by refusing to speak out. I love that. So how do people find out about your workshops? 
Outfront.biz mm-hmm. has our schedule, okay. has events. And you guys speak all over the country. We do. Yeah. We train. You're a husband-wife team? Yes. That's cool. Yes. Yes. And, and that, to me, was another gift. Yeah. Is that? Oh yeah, that you're working with your your teammate soulmate probably. And he lets me interrupt him. Uh, and we team <laughs> he's present. A oh, he's a keeper. It's, you sound like my mom. <laughs> exactly. And and anybody that has questions mm-hmm. uh, in the book out front, which is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and or you can buy it directly from our website. Mm-hmm. Email me, text me. Right. I'll answer your questions. Yeah. I think your yeah your book is even on our website, three sixty karma dot com. Good. Yeah, I'm Good. A, a big proponent of, you know, women speaking out, and um, you know, I do think that this is the one tool that just about every woman needs. I, I really can't even think of any profession really that they don't need it. Even I mean, CPAs and actuarials yeah. need to speak out now, and yeah. and the professional service. Um, industries like law, you have to pitch for services now. Mm-hmm. You have to network to bring in business. Right. So you're right. Every, even the editor, the proofreader mm-hmm. of the book yes. said to me, oh my gosh, I'm buying that book because I held myself back from class when I, I was shy. I you gave her a copy. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think the publisher gave her a copy. Yes. And so you're right. Every single industry, yeah. we need to speak out. And we want to encourage young women. Right. So if you have daughters, yeah. if you have nieces, get them into an acting yes. class, an improv, right. a debate class. Right. So they learn early on to use language and to speak out to be successful later. That's great advice because we have to focus on the young women yeah. empowering themselves boosting their self-esteem and their self-confidence. Wouldn't you agree that uh, learning public speaking skills, not only do you have to hone your self-esteem and self-confidence, but it builds your self-esteem and self-confidence, right? It absolutely does. I was a filmmaker and I was proud of what I did and a speaker coach, but until I spoke out, and it can be communication one on one. It doesn't have to be public speaking. Right. Until I spoke out, I never realized what a difference I could make. Right. When I was in public television, it was the same thing. I did videos to reach more of the masses. Yeah. It's the same whether it's a TED talk or you're speaking in the community on your topic. You really have to speak out. And right. I encourage more women to do that. And also the tools that you're providing to women help them uh, be able to speak on video, uh, which has become really essential That's to right. almost any business. Websites, Websites YouTube. Yes. Yeah, YouTube, you, you got to be out there. It's yes. essential to building your search engine optimization, your uh-huh. social media. Um, and so it is really important for women to speak. So uh, a movement of creating more women Young women, middle-aged women, older women. You know, I've had women on my show that are in their 80s and they're out speaking. I love it. Uh, Beverly Hyman Feed, who uh, has survived stage four cancer for 15 years, just did her TED Talk. She's a friend of mine that was on my show. She travels the country speaking everywhere. And she's uh, 82 now. And uh, I I, I find that just such an inspiration. Yes. Uh, You know, I, I... so you're never too old to speak. That was my point. Yeah. Well, and we, we train Olympic athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wendy Bolioli has a documentary coming out when her swim team was the only team to beat the Germans who were caught doping in the mid-70s. And now there's a documentary out, so she wants to do more public speaking. Oh, that's We work with CEOs. Women, men, it doesn't matter. They all realize. 
And one of the things that I love that you do is you help women, and I have a lot of women from nonprofits on my show. Exactly. Because it is mostly women that do create uh, nonprofits. Um, that you help them be able to speak to raise money. That's right for their nonprofits. And I, I remember you telling me a story about helping Demi Moore uh, raise money for one of her uh, for nonprofits. Yeah. And then uh, Julie Fleshman is CEO of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. She's a client. Lori Gangini is the CEO of Ability First in Pasadena. Oh. And yes, it's around them inspiring their troops, their team, and being better at fundraising. Right, because fundraising is what sustains them, and speaking is what sustains the fundraising. Exactly. Hello. And and women have to realize it's not about telling long stories. No. And it's not about... Uh, it, there are tools and techniques to being effective speakers, and it works for men as well as women. Mm -hmm. How to have an intention, how to take on a role, how to tell a good story, how to open in a way that grabs the audience's attention, and then how to close in a way that whoever is listening remembers what you have to say. I love that. Thank you so much for what you're doing. It is so important to our culture today, and love I really it. appreciate it. I hope everybody goes out and gets your book out front and comes to your workshops. And thank you, Deborah, so much for helping empower oh. women and all people, but especially women. Oh, Catherine, <laughs> they should all be as good an interview as you are. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. Okay, we will be back next week. Uh, same time, same place, UBN. Please follow us on social media, uh, 360 Karma Women, and on Twitter. And uh, just make it a great week. Hugs and happiness. Oh. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360karma women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together.